I'm going to read from uh, Romans 12, and I just want you to listen to it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. This morning we're going to get to take communion together as a body of believers. And communion is a time where Jesus calls us together to take bread that represents his body and the cup, which represents his blood, both shed. Both, the, the blood was shed, the body was broken. But he said, take this. He was the perfect sacrifice perfect sacrifice for us, for you and me, so that we can have perfect forgiveness so we can one day be in heaven. And that's a promise to us as believers. But he said, I want you to take this bread and this cup and remember me and what I've done for you. And that's why I read Romans 12, 1 through uh, 1 and 2, because are we being a living sacrifice? Are we renewing our minds? Are we walking in Him? He says that He wants us when we do this to make sure that our hearts are right. That our, that our minds are right towards Him. That we've forgiven our brothers and sisters and we're right with Christ. And so when we take this bread and this cup, I want you to... Really think about what Jesus has done for you. Not, not your neighbor. Not your kids. Not your grandma. But you. Really think about what he has done for you. Because this is a good thing. We don't pass this bread and this cup to mourn. No, we pass it to celebrate the promise that we have. And so I'm going to invite some young men to come up that I've asked to come and help me. And uh, we're going to pass this bread in this cup. And, and uh, truly, it is for everybody who confesses Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Hey, he... Anybody who would like to take this bread and this cup, uh, please do. Uh, it is between you and Christ and your relationship, and that is what is awesome. So let's go to him in prayer, and then these young men will pass the bread and cup around. Father, I thank you that you sent your son. You, you loved us so much that you sent your son to this earth to show us how to live, to walk this earth. Jesus, and you accepted. You came to this earth, walked it, showed us how to live, you defeated temptation. You took beatings and ridicule that no man could ever take and then hung on a cross for us. Dying the perfect sacrifice so that we can have complete forgiveness. And God, through your Son, Jesus, you see us as white as snow. 
when we believe in you, Jesus. And I just, I just pray right now that everybody celebrates and, and praises you, Jesus, for what you have done in this time. I, I just pray as we take this bread and this cup that represents your body and your blood that was shed for us, that we truly pour out thanksgiving to you. And we just really understand and recognize what that means for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have the promise of eternal life when we believe in you. And as we take this bread and cup that we just remember that. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I encourage you to take these uh, elements whenever you would like. Father, we thank you so much that uh, you sent Jesus for us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the promise of everlasting life. Lord, we don't, we don't just love you because there's an end, but we love you because you loved us first. God, I thank you thank you that we have Jesus because our flesh is so wrong but we thank you that we have a Savior Jesus we thank you for going through everything you did so that we can have life life with you we look forward to that day but as we walk this earth I pray just as we God done singing that we walk closer to you each and every day. God, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. And welcome to Beecher Island. Uh, if you are new with us, Beecher Island is a independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I truly believe that. I say it every Sunday, but I, I believe that because we walk by this word, and we let this word guide us in all we do. We, we, we seek it. Uh, the leadership of this church holds me accountable by this word right here, and it is good. And, and uh, uh, somebody asked me, I think it was just last week, uh, well, what way do you lean? Well, we don't lean. We're a bunch of mutts, is what I said. We're from every, every walk of life. We're, we're from every denomination, and, and we're just mutts that come together in the common ground of Jesus Christ because he loves us and we love him. And, and that's who we are. And so that's Beecher Island in a nutshell. If you, if you have more questions of who we are, we would love to talk with you about, about Beecher Island. But um, we are in a study of Ephesians. And, and we're in Ephesians chapter 5, and so if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 5. I was going to call in sick this morning just because of verse 22 that I'm going to start on today. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands, and I was just going to call in sick. But I decided we'd go ahead and try to work through it. Uh, uh, no, it is good. Uh, God's Word is amazing. God's Word is, is truth. And if we try to take God's word and justify God's word by a, a time on this earth or a situation 
or it was just that way then, then we better do that with this whole book. Or we better read it as the truth that it is. And stand in His truth and read it and, and know that God is giving us wisdom in His truth and how to live this life and walk closer to it. And so in that, I, we're not going to excuse anything away in God's Word. We're going to read it and know what His truth says. Now, we're going to read Ephesians 5, 22 to the end. But I'm going to give a little warning, men. There are two verses on wives, and the rest is about you. So I'm just going to give you that warning now. So guess where I'm going to camp today? Husbands, get prepared. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. Ephesians 5, 22 and following. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason, a man shall love his father and mother. I'm sorry. For this reason, shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. There's a mouthful. And I know you all want me to start on verse 22, but I'm not going to. We're going to come back to it. I'm going to start on verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Ha! Can you even wrap your mind around the love in which we are called right there to love our wives? To love them as Christ loved the church. We just took communion. We took communion because of the love of Christ. Well, we took communion because, because the love of Christ is so great that he went to the cross for us. And, and that's what it says as he goes on, that, that Jesus sacrificed because of love. So that we could be presented as the bride spotless and without wrinkle in the eyes of our God. Men, it's calling you to love your wife 
that much. To, to, to love your wife so much that you would lay down your life for her. And I'm not talking about in some big manly way. I'm going to protect her. No, in every possible way you will lay down your life for her. In class, we just got to talk about love. And we were talking about how to define love. Last week we talked about love and I read 1 Corinthians 13 and I'm going to read it to you again this week because I want us to wrap our minds around the love in which we are called to love as husbands. So I just want to read 1 Corinthians 13 starting in verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. And men, don't tell me your wife provokes you because love doesn't do it, right? It does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Listen here, love never fails. First John says love, uh, that God is love. Love never fails. God never fails you. He's saying that your love should never fail your wife. Love never fails. You see, we are being called to love our wives in a way that I don't think it's humanly possible. But is 100% possible because of Christ in you. You see, he goes on here, husbands love their wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. This is what Jesus has done for us. We're to love our wives like that. Love our wives. Like they're the perfect person for us. Because they are. You see, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and his father and mother, and join and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It talks about that, that love your wife as yourself because you're one flesh. One flesh. How much love is that? You see, the world wants to throw so much at verse 22 and say, oh, I hate the word submit, it's not. I, it, it's not okay. Well, husbands, if you step up and love your wife as Christ loves the church, that whole submitting deal means nothing. Because they're going to love you like Christ loves the church. It, it's not easy. <laughs> because our wives are made up of the flesh too. Just like we are. And they fall short just like you do. 
the love in which we're called to have is full of grace and forgiveness and, and this agape love that is unconditional and not based off performance as we talked about this morning. A love that the only term I can come to is awesome. Awesome. So now we go back to verse 22 and it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And just like I said, they, they, the world and Christians, okay, I'm not going to separate the two right now because, because there's a lot of Christians who say, well, I, I don't even want that in my wedding because I, I don't, I'm, that, that's a derogatory term. No, it's not. It, it's not a derogatory term. Some want to relate it to even, even Jesus as being God the Son because we have God the Father and we have God the Son. God the Son submitted to God the Father and came to this earth. But he's still God. Was he any less than God the Father? Absolutely not. He's still God. God the Father and God the Son. There was never any inferiority. Did I use that term right? They're even. But yet, God the Son submitted to God the Father. So if wives submit to your own husbands like God the Son submitted to God the Father, is it derogatory in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now there's an order. There was an order of creation. And it's laid out here. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. There's an order. There's an order in this church. Christ is the head of this church. And when we get it wrong, this church goes wrong. I promise you. But there is an order. And, and, and wives, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this morning, are you allowing your husband to be the head of your house? to be the spiritual leader of your house. Because that's what we're called to do. And now sometimes, sometimes it's got to be backwards. Grandma Judy, I had to ask permission to share this story, so I did. But Grandma Judy told me one time that this church was lacking some men. And there were, there were women here, though. And the women took care of this church. This church wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the women. That they took care of this church and made sure things were taken care of. But then men started coming to the church. There were men here for whatever reason, but they, they started coming. And at one Bible study, Bible study, Grandma Judy said that the women said, Hey, we're in the way. We need to step back and let the men do what they're called to do and so they did and this was a while back but look what this God's doing in this church now but though the women needed to do what they needed to do to keep this church alive and sometimes that's the way it is in our house 
Sometimes the wife has to step up and take care of things. But, but listen, men. Women are amazing. Women will take care of the needs that need taken care of. Period. And if you get lazy on them, and you go sit on the couch, and you're not the spiritual leader, they'll step up and do it. But man, I'm calling you to step up and be spiritual leaders of your home. And take that off of your wife's shoulders on hers right now. There is an order. And when we get the order wrong, things go wrong. And like I started out saying, that, that, that everybody wants to, to pick on Paul and say, well, Paul was a chauvinistic pig, Paul was a bachelor, Paul, Paul was just talking about the time that it was, Paul was, Paul, Paul was just not a nice person to women. That's not true. He loved everybody, just as he was called to do just as we are called to do, and he's laying out what God calls us to do as husband and wife and as one flesh. And there is an order to it. And Paul lays it out. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. There are absolutely two parts to this, but one answer. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's an incredible amount of love that, that is outpouring. And as First John says, and, and we, we, we read it this morning, that, that you do this not in word, but in deed and truth. We don't just love our wives with our words. We love them with every action we have. Taking care of them. And, and encouraging them. Being there for them when they need us. When things are falling apart around them, just hugging them. Because, men, if we do that, this whole verse 22 of wives submitting to their husbands becomes extremely easy. Because all that really means is that, wives, you're going to love your husband as Christ loves the church. See, when we go to verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. I think maybe we heard this in a commandment. Love God with everything we have. And the second one's just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. But it needs to start in your house. Lo loving your wife as yourself because no one 
ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. You see, because your wife is created in his image, so are you. And we are part of the body. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm probably the meanest to my own wife because she's there and I know that she's going to love me through it all. But is that what I'm called to do? No. No, I unleash on my wife, right, because she's there and I, I no, that's not okay. Love my wife as Christ loved the church. Full of grace. Full of forgiveness. Full of compassion. Full of everything that I just read from 1 Corinthians 13. You see, in class I talked about love and, and I wanted to really in on what God's look, look, what God's love looks like in our lives, and I really focused outside of our house. But that love better start inside of our house. That love better pour out inside of our house before we can ever step out and pour out love to all those around us. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Are you living as one flesh? Have you, have you left mother and father and become one flesh in your marriage? He does go on to say this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. There is no better picture than Christ and his church, his bride. What a, a marvelous picture that we have to, to look how our home should be, our love and our marriage should be. But it says, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I'm going to encourage you, church, and I'm going to challenge you. Men, to love your wife like you've never loved them before. Starting right now. And if you think you've been loving your wife good, step it up. Why? I'm going to encourage you to love your husbands as Christ loved the church. And if you've been loving on them, I'm going to encourage you the same thing. Step it up. Love in a way that when you see Jesus, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up.
But let me just tell you that we can't love like this without Christ. It is flat impossible. We can't, we can't love our wife or ourself the way that we're called to love without Christ. Without Him living in us. <laughs> he says that when, he, when we come to Him, when we believe in Him, He, he fills us with Himself, the Holy Spirit. And gives us the power and the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge and the ability to love as He loved. But it starts with Him. And if you don't have a relationship with Him, you cannot love as it's talked about. And so I want to encourage you that if you do not love the Lord and, and you not confessed Jesus Christ as the Son of God and given your life to Him, today is the day right now. Confess Him and give your life to Him. And then you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit so that you can walk on this earth in the flesh that you live in but loving in the Spirit. Loving in a way that is impossible for this world to love but only possible because of the power of Christ. And that's an amazing love that I want to encourage you to be intentional about, not just this week, but from this day forward. Intentional in your love for your spouse. Because if we love like that, no man will ever tear you apart. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your love. We thank you that, that uh, you do give us, uh, for everybody that is married, uh, that you do give us that special person in our lives. Lord, help us to, to love them as you, Jesus, love us. As you love this church, you gave your life for your church. pray that that's the kind of love that pours out of us to our spouse. That, that it just overflows and we can't stop it because of you, Jesus. God, I pray that if there's a marriage this morning that's struggling, God, I lift them up to you. I pray, Lord, that both of them will put their eyes upon you, that they will just look to you for that guidance and that you will calm the storm that's going on in their marriage. Father, I pray right now for them. I lift them up to you. I pray that their love, your love that is within them just pours out and forgiveness comes and grace comes and all the things that they need in their marriage right now just pour out and their marriage be healed and they be one flesh. Father, it's in you that, that that is all possible. Father, it's in you that, that that can take place. And God, I pray right now for any marriage here and every marriage here that their eyes are upon you. And if they're in storms, Lord, that you call. And Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's not that they're in a storm, but, but there's just... They're not walking in one flesh. There's struggles. 
or separation. <clears throat> Father, I just pray for the marriage right now that, that their love for each other is as your love is for the church. And it just pours out. God, I thank you that we can turn to you and we can know that that love, that kind of love is possible and that love is, is a promise. Lord, let us walk in it. Let us be different than this world. Let us be about you and not about the failures of this flesh. God, I thank you that that is who you are, the God of all creation, the God of all love. And you are love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.